Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. So, hey, welcome uh, back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Um, I'm thrilled today to have a good friend, uh, Dave Butler. Dave is with, uh, David is with uh, C-Tech Consulting. C-Tech's out of Atlanta. And uh, first got introduced, we got introduced a little over a year ago, right? And um, right. I loved your background. So David is an impressive executive. He's been with numerous, not numerous, but uh, you've been with some uh, high-performance companies, including your VP of HR or senior VP of HR at Mace Airlines. You're with Hewlett Packard. Um, but the, the most interesting thing you've done is a lot of research in peak performance. Right. Helping right. athletes, you know, Navy SEALs, military special forces take their performance to the next level. You're an elite athlete yourself, a fifth degree back black belt and world champion there. So you know, tell me this. You know, so it's all about peak performance. And what is the one thing that right. you know, what do peak performers all have in common? What do they you know? What do they have? <laughs> You know, I think that uh, yeah, it's a great question. So uh, a lot of my doctoral research has been in the issue um, in the area of peak performance, right? So, so what distinguishes peak performers and what are some of the key characteristics? And I think one of the key characteristics that I have found is this issue of being resilient, right? So um, no matter where you are in your performance journey, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be challenges. And so the issue of peak performers, whether you're coming back from a difficult competition, whether you're coming back from a hard deployment or whether as a leadership, I mean, as a leader, you're just going through a hard cycle in your business. The, the question is, how do you bounce back from that challenge and that trial in a way in which you're able to uh, engage again, fully engage and so it's not just putting your head down and grinding through something, although that's part of it. It's being able to bounce back um, with some enthusiasm, being able to bounce back with um, uh, you know, excitement and ready to engage whatever you're doing as fully as you were before the trial. So, you, so you're, a, you're a world champion martial arts athlete. Fifth, fifth degree black belt in my under is that right right right, right. you you know so if you're training an athlete or is you know if you're you know where you know it's it's new year's it's the new year you know it's right, the, right, as right. we were saying the most crowded day of the gym <laughs> was like yesterday um you know, right, you know right. people who are really taking their game to the next level can they be trained to do that can they really be trained to develop that mental toughness that they need? And is it really something, sure, how, do, sure. how does somebody, you know, if somebody says, Hey, I want to be more mentally tough, or I really want to take it. To that right. Level, right. What are the steps right. that they do to, to, to kind of get them there? Sure. Sure. Well, you know, Craig, like anything else, you know, resilience and mental toughness is, it's like a muscle that you have to train, right? It's a um, habit that you get into. And, and, and part of that is again, you know, like how do you 
uh, embrace diversity, right? And how do you look at that? So the reason why people drop out of their New Year's resolutions, the reason why special forces folks drop out of their training is because the cost benefit analysis is that the cost of what they're doing is not worth at the moment, the end result, right? And um, so what I always tell people is there's two kinds of thoughts, right? There's the, there's the um, pain of discipline and there's a pain of regret. Meaning that in our life, there's always a pain we're going through of discipline, you know, making them to the gym, going through the regimen, whatever we're doing. And then there's a pain of regret, right, that we think about because we didn't do that. And that's why we have so many people doing the same New Year's resolutions again and again and again, because there's a sense of regret. Right. And, and, And so what people don't do is they don't stick to it long enough. Right. They don't persevere long enough. And part of this issue of mental toughness is, is understanding that there's a long-term benefit and a short-term pain involved in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So do you, do you, do you, do you train, do you train like in short bursts or do you focus and you say, do, you know, do people who perform to elite levels, do they, do they look at things in the short term and say, hey, I'm going to get from here to here today and then right, right. erase it so that you know, they're not thinking about the next 100 push-ups they have to do or the next mile they sure. have to run or the next project they have to take on at work? Right, right. You know, a thing that we teach people is this issue of mindfulness. And, and, uh, and you know, a lot of people, Craig, think of mindfulness as some kind of Eastern meditation philosophy. And there's a piece of that in there, right? But mindfulness is the ability to look at the present moment in a non-judgmental way. So um, many times in order to move through something, you have to be mindful of where you are today and where you are presently. And um, so what we do is we help people in this issue of mindfulness. For example, one of the things that we work with the collegiate wrestlers and we work with them on this issue of focus, F-O-C-U-S. And what that's about is the, the, the F is, you know, forget, the O is organize, C is concentrate, U is unwind, and S is step. So let's say you're a wrestler and you're behind and, and, and there's a move that you did and you're walking back to the center of the mat. Everybody is yelling at you, hey, um, do this, do that, and you're running in your reel what you just did, what we tell folks is to focus. Forget what happened. That's over. And then organize your thoughts. Concentrate on your next step. Unwind. Take a deep breath. Whatever you have to do, relax. And then step into whatever you have to do. And and so that could be in, in like anything we do, right? And so mindfulness is letting go of what we did. And, and here's a really prime example. So we were working with a kicker of a professional football team, right? And conventional wisdom always says, kind of forget what happened, you know, run through this thing in your mind, and that's going to work. Well, this kicker was in a big game and kicked two bad field goals. So we were working with the kicker, and everyone was saying, hey, just forget about it, think positively. 
you'll be okay. Well, when that kicker was going to get up, what was that kicker going to be thinking about? The last two kicks that they missed. And no matter how much they were saying, don't, don't think about it, they're going to think about it. And that's going to cause that kick probably to go off and do another bad kick. So mindfulness is going to the kicker and saying, hey, look, man, you had a kick that wasn't bad or good. It was off target, right? You know what you have to do. You're able to kick. So what you have to do is be mindful of the present moment, rely on your training, and don't worry about what happened in the past. Look at it now and just do it. And typically what happened was the kicker was successful, right? Because they didn't try to forget what happened. They just looked at it in a way that was non-judgmental. So mindfulness is a key part of resiliency. It's able to look at where you are and not dwell on your mistakes, right? But be fully, fully present. Um, classic example is this, right? So you are so you are thinking about work and you had a bad day at work. So you come home and all you're doing is running through your mind to read what you should have done in that meeting, what you should have said in that meeting. And all the while, maybe your significant other or, or, or your kids are trying to engage with you, but you're not engaged with them. So you're missing the moment because you're still focused on what happened in the past. So a person who's mindful says, okay, something happened, but in this moment, I need to engage with my friends, my family, or whatever I'm doing, because that's what's important. And that's part of this issue of resiliency. So it's the being uh, mindful. Yeah. It, it just kind of being mindful of where you are now and, yeah. Right, right, but that's a lot harder said than done because our tendency is to try to relive that moment and try to change that moment in our mind. But we know that we can't do that. Right. And so resilient leaders and resilient people know that they're going to make mistakes and that's part of the process, but they're able to bounce back because they see adversity as something that's necessary. You know, for example, Craig, you know, like we wear these, um, these like little wristbands, right? And and we give them out to our military guys and it's kind of embrace the suck, right? Life, this really, really sucks. And this is hard. I put my head down. I'm going to get through it. But we give them out and tell people that embracing the suck, the things that, that really are, are, are hard is really what you need to grow so that there's a sense that adversity is a positive thing, right? It, so resilient people see adversity as something not to be, um, uh, um, you know, not to be ignored or hope it never comes your way, but it's part of the process. And you kind of embrace it because through adversity, you become more resilient. You right. become more mentally tough. Yeah, no, that's, well, it's like everybody says, you don't learn from your victories, you learn from your mistakes and the difference between a, you know, a, you know, an amateur and a professional is probably the professional is, is, <laughs> Has, has failed more times than the amateur has ever tried. Probably, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, going go to the kicker story, you know, it's it's funny, local guy here, a guy named Connor Barth, was an NFL kicker, and he did, he was great. He was great down at Tampa Bay until he blew his ACL out. And then he healed up, and he was kind of a journeyman, goes to Chicago, and Chicago's a tough place. Right, um, right. Missed a, missed a couple kicks. Somewhere is, you know, it's like, hey, look, somewhere just bad breaks. And then he missed one badly. And I don't know if he lost all his confidence, but yeah, we, he's a great guy. He's, he's terrific. But yeah, right, but, right. Uh, it, the, the last kick literally you know, just kind of ruined his, 
his career deal, and confidence. His, so, yeah. you know. But you know what? I would argue that he knows how to kick, right? And yeah. that he probably has kicked within that distance many times. But mentally, it got in his head, yep. right? And so that caused some kind of micro change in the way he kicked, which caused probably that ball to be shanked and, and missed the goal. But he knows how to kick. He knows how to do that mechanically. And so if you're not in your head right, you're not able to trust your training. It, it, well, golfers are the same way. I mean, how much of golf is mental and how much is physical? I mean, it's right, you know, you're right. a little white ball with a golf club, but, you know. Right. In the NBA, when you're shooting free throws, the crowd is, you know, you know, yelling and screaming and they're waving behind the backboard. And, you know, on the golf right. course, everybody has to stay, you know, wildly quiet. Um, right, right. You know, but, uh, you know, so it, it, it really is so much mental, much more mental than physical. But so, you know, so, you know, you're working with companies and right. you're helping them try to get to the next level. So if I'm a leader of an operation or mm -hmm. a CEO, what am I telling my people to constantly get them to have mindfulness and focus? You know, it's right. not just, right. you know, work, Good. family, there's a whole lot of, you know, mm -hmm. you know, mom and dad, you know, kids, it's, there's a whole lot of issues going on in people's lives. And, and uh, how can I teach them to be the best they can be while at work right. and not, Worry sure. about work when they're at home. Right, right. Um, that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting here at SeaTech is um, what was really attractive to me, Craig, is that there's an environment in which failure failure is allowed. It's it's not this, it's necessarily okay, but it's allowed, and, and it's knowing that that in order for peak performers to push the envelope, you know, you have to you know, that, that there's going to be failures that, you know, we're not always going to meet our targets. Right. And so, um, what, you know, what we do when we work with organizations is to help them understand that the culture is really important to foster, you know, resilience. If, if folks know that, you know, making a mistake won't be the end of their career that yes, we need to talk about it. We need to process it. Right. So that, so that we can figure out what went wrong, but, but, we want you to bounce back from that. We believe in you. We believe in your training. We believe in what you bring and your contributions that we want to provide an environment in which you can bounce back and be fully contributing, even though you made that error. Right. So, so the environment has to be conducive to that. And, and, and then I think that, that leaders need to spend time sharpening their leadership saw, right? Leaders need to understand that they're, uh, competencies really dictate their success, right? So, so many times we look at leaders and we simply say, did you meet the bottom line? You know, we're looking only at the business performance metrics, but a leader, like in my organization, what I tell people is how they lead is very important, as important as what they do. And so within an organization, if, if we're talking about resiliency, it means that we put in a in place a, a way in which leaders can fail and recover, and we have a mentoring program. We have a way in which leaders can be mentored, and somebody can come around them to say, "Hey, look, uh, this is what you need to do to improve." So, 
So you're having a difficulty in this area. This is what you need to do to kind of overcome that. And so that, that partnership, that way in which leaders uh, mentor and um, kind of come along aside other leaders is a real important piece of an organization building kind of the resilience competency within their leaders. Well, one of the things, you know, you know, we, we, you know, I know you work with a lot of the special forces in the military. And one of the things that makes them really special and really good at what they do is not the, you know, hey, only 10% of the people make it and all the, the physical challenges they have to go through to get there. It's once they're there, they train, they train, they train, just like an NBA team trains and trains right, and right. trains, or, and they know how each is going to act. They know how, you know, they know the strengths and weaknesses of each teams. And that's one thing that I've always right. been kind of critical about in America, you know, corporate America is that teams don't really, they just do, they don't really train right. or a sales training event is a one day rah-rah in right, right. Hawaii yeah, you know, where they bring in a couple of speakers, everybody goes home motivated for 24 hours, and then they forget about right, everything. Right. It's back to the grind. Exactly, 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 exactly. Um, you know, kind of to that point, you know, a thing about a special forces team is it's a huge issue of trust, and that there is a trust that is marrow deep in them that they know how their teammates are going to respond, and they trust that response, right? And it's because they've trained together. And there's a trust in the other person's ability to do their job. And so what's missing from organizations many times is that the trust is surface deep and that um, underneath is a lot of churn and a lot of distrust. And um, so one thing that we forget is that we judge what we do by our intent. Everyone else judges what we do by our behavior. So my intent could be to be a good husband, but if I do things in which my behavior is different, my wife says, well, gosh, you said you'd be home at 730 for dinner, but you stayed at the gym and came home at 930, right? I mean, so, or, or if I, you know, my intent is to be a good father, but if I don't do things with my kids and I break my commitments, my behavior says something else. Mm -hmm. And so what happens in an organization is that if the intent of an organization or the intent of a leader is to, um, have good leaders and strong leaders and leaders that are resilient and mentally tough, that the behavior of the organization really has to provide a model for that. It doesn't matter what the intent is. And, and, and so you're exactly right. It, and so one of the things that people always do is try to motivate others. So when I'm at an organization, Craig, I always ask people, you know, like who believes in a, or like who's ever seen a motivational speaker? Everybody raises their hand. And then I say to them, there's no such thing as a motivational speaker. And they all fight with me and I go, there isn't. There's only a such thing as an inspirational speaker who can light a spark in someone who can then motivate themselves, right? You cannot motivate anybody. And leaders need to create an environment which the spark in the individual are lit. They understand um, and can find their passion. They understand their value. And we're constantly moving with that spark. That then creates the motivation for people to exceed and provide, provides motivation for people to, to continue. I mean, right. So like all of us can think about you know, like in the physical realm, that trainer, that, 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 that created inspiration, or we, we watched the video of the, of the person that had all these odds and that inspired us to do something. 
And so the organizations need to look at inspirational leadership and they need, they need to have leadership that inspires your people, uh, leaders who, who, whose behavior matches the intent of the organization. All those are really crucial in order for an organization really to create an environment where the trust and, 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 and the ability to succeed is not just surface deep. Yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, look, it's all, a lot of it's politics, you know, people trying to climb corporate ladders, trying to get to a place. Right, and, right, right. And I'm all about, Hey, look, you know, results, you know, results don't come on the other guy's failures. Results come on individual achievements. So, right, right. you know, if you're, if you're pointing the finger at the other guy or girl and saying, Hey, they sucked, uh, promote me. Well, let's, let's, Let's put them aside. Let's come back to you and say, "What did you do today? Yeah, where we right, show me right, show me right. your daily greatness today." Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and I think to that point is that in an organization, look, unless you're selling, you know, widgets, and even you are selling widgets, the most expensive part and the most important part of an organization are its people, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm a wrestling coach, so I'm not about saying that you're good just to make you feel good. I'm not about the participation trophy, right? I'm about if, 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 if you want to be a uh, good wrestler, you have to go out there and do the work. If, if you know, and so, but, but within that, I, I think that um, what's important is that as a leader, as a coach, I'm charged to inspire the people within my sphere of influence of finding out what motivates them and to model that okay look at when you look at something like buds which is a navy seal training think of all the people that come in all they've dreamed about was becoming a navy seal right so they train 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 they're in the best shape of their lives they pass the pst which is the physical standards test which is mm -hmm. in, which is tough in and of itself then they go to navy boot camp then they go to eight weeks of pre-buds in chicago and so now they're having eight weeks of doing everything physically they're going to do in coordinado right they get the Coronado. That's all they've dreamed about. Why is it that all those guys drop out? It's because mentally the cost is not worth it to them. And that's what resilience does. It separates those who say, I'm going to stay the course. It's the grit, right? The grit is grit means that when there's an opportunity to quit, I stay to the task. That's grit. And that is a fundamental part of resilience. Leaders who don't give up on their people, who don't give up on the process, they stay the course, and they say that the long-term gain is better than the short-term pain. Yeah, I remember being an officer candidate school and getting the crap kicked out of me, and it was really easy to quit. And one day I looked in the mirror, I'm like, I can't. I can't quit. You can't. I got here. It, I, can't. it took me too, it was too hard, too long to get here. And then I looked at my haircut, Absolutely. and I got, I'm like, I got this really bad haircut and I'm like, I cannot imagine going home and looking at my dad and saying, you know, uh, I quit. And then looking in the mirror for the next six months with a really bad haircut going, you know, all I got, all I got to, for this is to show, to, to show for it is, is yeah. this. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was something that caused you to say, Hey, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to be resilient. I'm going to get through it. And look, you got through it. And, and, and so but part of what we do with folks is when they come back from a tough deployment, right? When they come back and they had something happen. And then, so how do you get a leader to come back and lead their unit 
just as well as they did before leader squad. How do you get a leader in an organization who has a bad quarter, who had something bad and then get them to come back and re rebound as much as they were for it. That's the big part of it is to have leaders rebound and embrace with enthusiasm and excitement, whatever they're doing. And that's the issue of resiliency, right? To rebound and come back and go back out there and do it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in look, you know, it's, you know, I'll use the sports analogy. You know, if I'm the, if, if, you know, if the kicker misses the field goal in the last one second of the game, you know, they're down by two points, field goal wins it. If he misses, he loses it. I'm of the opinion that, hey, you can't put everything on the kicker. It was the entire right, team right. that got, you know, you know, it was the entire team that got the kicker to this point. And yeah, you know, everybody in the everybody in the game had triumphs, everybody in the game had failures. And at that point, right, you got everybody's got to rally around and go, all right, where did we fail as a team? Right. Where did we do great as a team? What could we do better the next time so that we're not, you know, kicking field goals with one second left on the game and, you know, pushing. But, you know, to the other point, though, that kicker has one job, right? That kicker's one job is to get the ball between the deal. That's his job. He's being paid for that. He's not he's not paid to run pass. He's paid to kick. Right. Right. And, and, And so the issue is that when you don't do your one job, right. And you mess up, how do you respond back so you can do it again and not have the same result, right? I got you. And so, you know what I'm saying? And so everyone has their job to do. Um, You know, so the deal is, look, if you're a parent, no one else is going to replace you. You have one job and and that's your job. But but you're not going to do it perfectly. So when you do mess up, maybe you break a promise or some words come out of your mouth that are kind of tough for your kids. How do you then rebound from that, continue to be a parent and continue to say, okay, you know, how do I rebound from that? And continue to put that in the past in a non-judgmental way, non-judgmental way, but be present with my kids now as I do my thing or my employees or whatever the circumstance is. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's like you got one job and yes, there's a lot, they're paying you a lot of money to do your one job and <laughs> Yeah, you know, everybody, you know, look, 100%, probably not. 90%, yeah, we, 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 you know, you miss one out of yeah, 10, you know. and, uh, we'll have a chat. Yeah, two out of 10, we'll have a chat, right? <laughs> so, all right, so here we go. Let's uh, let's let, let's take it to the, the people that listen. A lot of folks are stuck. You know, it's January 2020. It's a new decade. They're stuck. They're, you know, they're, they're moving down a path or, you know, uh, how do they, you know, how do they get out of it? How do they, you know, start to say right. today is the day I really start to change? And what do they, without overwhelming themselves, what do they do? Right, to, right. What do they do tomorrow when they wake up in the morning? And what's the commitment they make to themselves? Sure, sure. Um, well, first of all, um, you know, there's a lot of people that say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm stuck." So being stuck is negative, right? I've done something to be stuck, and the first thing they need to do is, I think, be patient. And, and, and don't be hard on themselves and saying, hey, look, it's, it's a process. And, and the fact that you want to continue and get unstuck is a positive thing. So, so folks need to be patient with themselves and with their own progress. Um, and then I think that people need to realize that life is not meant to be done alone. Uh, you, know, uh, um, you know, people are, are meant to be in community right? Whether it's a team, whether it's a squad, whatever it is. And so what that person needs to do is find people around him or her 
to help them to move forward, right? Who can serve as inspirational models, who can serve as accountability folks and give them the techniques they need and can work with and a partner with them. So people don't do resolutions because they try to do it by themselves. Right. And it's very hard to do it by yourself, right? Because if you do it by yourself, you would have done it before, right? Yep. So it's really hard to, to lead a team by yourself. It's hard to be a leader in an organization by yourself. So I would tell them, find people around you who you respect, who can partner with you to journey, who could help you get unstuck. Right. Okay. And, and then <laughs> that's a real, real key part of it. Um, and then I think this may sound kind of weird a little bit, but, but, but I think that a, a big part of being unstuck is this issue of gratitude. It, it's a step back. And instead of thinking about all the things that you're not good at or you've messed up, it, it, is to have a sense of gratitude of what you do have. Well, by saying, hey, look, you know, I haven't been to the gym, but guess what? I could go to the gym. There are people who can't do that, you know? And so I think that gratitude begins to take this issue off of ourselves and onto a bigger picture. And it helps us refocus where we're at. It helps us to begin to say, hey, maybe, um, you know, I could take somebody with me to the gym or maybe I can do whatever it takes to, you know, to help somebody else. But I'm grateful for what I have. And that really helps people to get unstuck. Right. So I mess up at work or I'm trying to be a better this. Well, be grateful that you have a job, that your company believes in you, that you have something. And you, you know what I mean? Gratitude really unsticks a lot of our self-centeredness, which really stops us from being, you know, from our forward progress. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, the negative emotions feed on themselves. Right. You know, negativity feeds on exactly. negativity, feeds on negativity. And you think about positive energy radiates. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's you're grateful, you're positive. People pick up on that. They want to they want to magnetize to that, and you know it's amazing what it's amazing what you know. I think one of the most uh, my daughter is when she was seven, she was diagnosed with juvenile diabetes, and yeah, it's pretty de yeah, it's pretty It's a devastating diagnosis to a young kid. Now you got to get shots, or you're gonna be on an insulin pump right, for right. the rest of your life. And, you know, we as a family rallied around her, all the junk food out of the house, all the, right, you know, right, the stuff that's right. going to mess her up out of the house. Right. But it's right. amazing to me what, you know, she brings this positive energy everywhere she goes right, with right. her and people just gravitate you know, towards her. I mean, I wish I could be as positive. You know, she's so positive about everything. It's like, I wish I could, you know, my, that's my personal experience. I'm like, well, damn, <laughs> I wish I could be that positive. <laughs> Well, you know, we're kind of wired in a way a little bit, but, but, but like, you know, you know, for your listeners, you know, let me just tell them kind of where I come from so they understand that I'm not talking in a vacuum, right? So, you know, um, in, in, in 2013, I was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. So, so I've been working all my life, you know, I was in good health, bam, that came. And then in uh, 2018, my cancer came back. So I had to go through radiation again and, and I had to stop. I do all this hormone deals in the middle of this. I had also started a new consulting company. And so I, I was wrestling through this. And then, um, uh, you know, a year ago, um, uh, they, they, they discovered this, this abnormality in my back. So I've been through back surgeries and it's hard to walk. It's hard to get up. You're in pain all the time. And then it turns out that just, just this year, 
um, they found this abnormality in my heart valve where I'm just going through open heart surgery. So I've, and I still have cancer and back issues over heart surgery, but through that, I believe that I've learned to appreciate what I do have, right? right? So I'm still working out. I'm still helping people. I'm still doing my job. But I've taken those, those, those trials and those challenges that are very real to me, right? You know, because I can't do a lot of things I like to do. I can't hike. I can't do things. But I believe that there's a new season. So even though I have all those, I still believe Craig, that my best years are ahead of me, yep. that this is where I'm at, you know? So I understand adversity. I understand mindfulness. I understand that things come our way, but I'm, t- but how we embrace those trials makes all the difference. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, I think that's, it, it's, you know, negativity feeds on negativity, positivity, positivity right. feeds on positive. And it's like, you know, uh, it's just life, you know, that's it. it, it's it and and, it, and it it's is. like, yeah, that, that was yesterday. Tomorrow's a new day. What are we going to do tomorrow? There you Make go. It great. That's so. right. And listen, man, the reason we're still here is because there's plans for us. You know, negativity is like pirates attacking you, right? Pirates never attack ships traveling in the company of other ships. They only attack ships that are traveling alone, right? And, uh, you know, you know, if you're in the military, you understand that one, you know, one is none and two is one, right? In other words, there's a power in being together. There's a power of team. And so you want to get unstuck. Find people around you who are positive, who are struggling when you're struggle. Spend time with them, embrace them, get a community. That's going to help you. Um, be mindful of where you are. What happened, happened. Um, learn from it, but don't let that ruin the moment that you're in today. And the trials that you have, uh, there's always someone who's worse off. Let me tell you just a quick example. I was... Um, so I was fighting with my oncologist when my cancer came back about a, um, a, a radiation treatment that was six months long, right? Uh, she wanted it longer. I wanted it shorter. But all it was was I needed to do it for six months. Right. Okay. Well, when I was doing it, there were people in the cancer center who were trying to get six months of life. Right. They were trying to live for six more months. I was kind of whining because this treatment was going to be for six months, you know? And so everything is about being in perspective, right? It's about, it's about being in perspective and, and, and that helps you then to become resilient and it helps you to overcome mistakes. And I mean, it happened all the time for me here at work and I have to sit back and, and, and think about it and be mindful and push forward. And, and so, um, but it's a yep. big part of our ability as leaders to create that environment for others to live that for ourselves. And, and I think it makes all the difference in, in kind of how creating yep. an environment in which people feel inspired to do the best. There you go. Well, how about we leave it at that and you come back on in a there couple you go. months. Man, I got a lot to share with you about other things. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. <laughs> you bet.